today we are going to be focusing on pages 189 to 209 in The Virtue of Mercy and Forgiveness, Keys to Healing a Broken Heart. And Father Ignatius, this uh, section starts off with Christian Healing Ministries with Francis McNutt. <clears throat> and on page 190, Francis McNutt describes three kinds of sickness, sinful, emotional, and physical, and four methods to address them, which are repentance, inner healing, physical healing, and deliverance. So why is it important to recognize these distinctions? Well, in order to heal, um, it's important to know the source of your need for healing. You know, what is, what's causing the, the problem? And so there's kind of a, a diagnosis almost that happens. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times it's a spiritual diagnosis, but other times it's more clearly a physical or psychological diagnosis. And if you can identify what the real problem is, then you can, then you can um, have an approach to, to how to help the person heal. So, you know, an example would be someone who's got, um, chronic depression, for example, and they're coming to you and they want healing from depression. And it is possible and it's and sometimes it does happen where you pray for healing from depression and the depression seems to go away. That's that's wonderful. Um, other times you pray for that healing and it's it's not going away. It's not changing very much at all. And so the person may actually need medicine to help them um, relieve their depression. And because it's more of a physical problem, it's, you know, something happening in right. their brain and the medicine can help um, to, you know, balance them in such a way that they don't have that depression anymore. And in that sense, the healing is going to come through a doctor and through mm -hmm. through medicine. And if you can imagine, you know, a person who only wants to approach it through a spiritual way, eventually they're going to get frustrated and their de depression is not going to go away. Yeah. So... It's really important to, de to determine, you know, what's what's happening. Um, other times, you know, someone wants healing from depression, and you keep you keep using the same example, <laughs> and they're really just living a life of sin. You know, they're uh. they're committing major sin in lots of different areas in their life. They're, you know, they're addicted to alcohol or to drugs or to pornography and variety of sin in their life and that's actually the depression is just the consequence of sin and what they really need to do is go to confession confess their sins and then actually change you know and change their lives and if they were to do that the depression would go away so again um, McNuck gives us some different ways to look at it that are really helpful to see the different possibilities and the different distinctions yeah, yeah, I would imagine too. Uh, many times when there's like a physical issue, it could also be emotional, like something emotional or spiritual is causing stomach aches. <laughs> you know, I, I think that's pretty common, right? Same kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, stomach aches, head, migraines, <laughs> headaches. Yeah, yeah. yeah like no, that. the the phys Yeah, there really is an interconnection sometimes, and if you only focus on the symptom, that possibly you know the headache or the stomach ache. You may never getting to like the root yeah. of what's really happening there. Well, on 190 and 191, you mentioned McNutt's 
12 reasons why we are not healed. So what's the point he's trying to make here? Well, again, it's not always simple, right? <laughs> so you pray for healing and you're healed. That's simple. That would be nice, you know, if that happened every time with everyone. But it just doesn't always happen that way. And there can be things that are blocking your healing that you could actually change, that you could actually address. And it's also possible that God's using whatever you're going through, the suffering you're going through for a greater purpose. Mm. And helping, you know, being open to that possibility can also um, be important. Um, so he's making the point that, again, um, we want to try to understand what's happening. We want to get rid of anything that's in the way. Um, and and including just misunderstanding and misconceptions. Um, for instance, some people don't believe that healing can come through doctors yeah. when it comes to psychological healing um, or that it can come through medicine. And in that sense, if that's what they really need, well, they're preventing their own healing from happening by not going right. to a doctor. So I think his his 12 um, reasons why you're not healed you know, gets us thinking about some things that maybe we haven't thought of before. And once we kind of shift our perspective, healing might actually be possible. Yeah, and I would imagine we really need to discern, you know, when it comes to this, you know, I mean, I could see somebody maybe the one example you gave where it's like, you know, well, maybe I'm just supposed to suffer and it's for good, you know, and I don't know, maybe, but maybe not, you know, so you got to be careful because you could be going down the completely wrong path, you know, or blocking yourself from healing if you think it's one thing and it's something else. But, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, one thing that's interesting about this too is, I have one thing from my great grandfather. Um, his name was Zygmunt the first, and it's a little Bible. And in the back of the Bible um, was a list of reasons why you're not healed. <laughs> and for a long time, I thought that he, he wrote made them. that up. <laughs> <laughs> and then one day, I read, you know, Francis McNutt's book, and I realized no, he didn't write. He didn't make it up. Is it, he did got, he get it from? He got it from. Oh him. wow! Yeah, it's the same list. Yeah. So were you, you discovered that you had that before this? I did. I oh, did. wow. So it kind of yeah. runs in your family, like the interest in I guess healing, so. right? Yeah, right. And you're Zygmunt the... The four. Yeah, <laughs> right? That's right. I don't know if everyone knows that. <laughs> yeah, that's my family name. And I got that little Bible around here somewhere. But... Oh, that's cool. Well, speaking of generational mm. <laughs> and family, um, the next section goes into generational and family healing. Uh, so the idea of general, generational healing may actually be foreign to some. I know I wasn't familiar with it until I met you. So can you explain it to us in your own words? Sure. I think, I mean, it isn't, un, you know, it's, it's familiar to us in the sense that we know certain diseases are passed on right. generation to generation. So physically, in terms of a need for generational healing, we can see that pretty easily. We see that with alcoholism. We see it with all the different illnesses that, that I listed in the book. And But it's also true spiritually, that there's a spiritual consequence 
and really, you know, the consequence is minimal. Um, it's it, it does affect a couple generations, um, and then it stops generally. But the blessing that we can receive is for a thousand generations, the scriptures say. Right. So it says, you know, the healing, the, the brokenness is passed down to the second, third, and fourth generations, but the blessing is passed down to the thousandth generation. So once you kind of have that as a base, the question becomes, how does that work? What does that look like? And the three authors that I looked at and really unpack that for us and and for some um, that is your your route to healing is to address that um, I think we all have that to an extent so it's definitely not something bad to do it's a good mm -hmm. thing for for all of us to sure. do and to consider so so when you say something spiritual like is passed down is it behavioral like uh, observing your you know, the parents, grandparents, you know, like a more behavioral thing? Or how does that work exactly? Or what you just are around growing up? or Well, some things are more subtle and harder to discern. Um, some things are pretty clear. Like if your parents got divorced and your grandparents got divorced and your great-grandparents okay. got divorced and you're about to get married... Um, <laughs> That may be something to look at. I you know, see. okay. Something's happening there. Or if there's quite a bit of abuse in your family tree, mm -hmm. um, it seems to keep happening generation by generation. That would be another thing to look at. Um, same with, with abortion. Okay. Um, so there's a variety of things. Um, adultery is another one. So um, some things are pretty clear. You know, you see them. Other things are more subtle. And the good news is, though, I think when we intentionally offer masses for the healing of our family tree, that the healing of our families, the, you know, that God would forgive and have mercy for anything that past family members did and that he would extend his blessing forward, it really does cover everything once, once we start to offer masses in that way. We don't have to know everything. Well, speaking of getting into the healing aspect, so um, the next section goes into Father John Hamsch in Healing Your Family Tree. And on page 200, Father Hamsch points to five different forms of healing, including instantaneous healing. That sounds good. <laughs> Gradual healing, phase in healing, delayed healing and recurrent healing. So what has been your experience with these different kinds of healing? Have you seen, have you seen all of those? <laughs> yeah, I have. I have seen all of them. And again, I think he is making the point that we're not in complete control of how God, you know, gives us his healing. And so there are times where it's instantaneous. There are times when it's gradual. Um, there are times when we, each time we pray, more happens. You know, each time we pray for healing, more happens. Um, and, you know, sometimes it doesn't seem to be happening at all. And I think, again, it's just, it's just recognizing that, um, that it's, there's, there's, God, God 
works in different ways mm-hmm. and through different means. And if, especially when it is happening gradually, that we can keep praying, keep persevering, keep trying, and um, generally good things will come from that. I would imagine there's a lot of factors that goes into the different kinds of healing. For example, if it's from something that was from a long time ago or recent, or if it was something that went on for years as opposed to one incident or whatever, like that would determine in some respects, like whether it would be gradual or delayed or, or however that would go. Right. And I, th- I think that's very true. And I, th- I think of a lot of times with abuse, if you were, you know, if you were abused as a child and you, you recognize, you know, you weren't, you were able to heal some, but maybe there's still an effect from that that's, that's affecting you in a negative way. And it's probably, it's been many, many years since that happened. Well, it doesn't have to take many, many years to heal, but it's going to take probably a year, you know, it's going to take some time. And um, generally God heals us a lot faster than what it took um, to get to that place of brokenness. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's, you know, as human beings, we can only receive so much healing at at one time, a lot of times when it comes to something like that. And so as we receive healing, you know, he gives us more as we go on and, um, and that's okay. That's normal. You know, even if I had like a wound, you know, um, in my body or, you know, had a stab wound or something, it would, it would take months, you know, to heal. It would heal very slowly, but it would heal. Right. And that, and, and that's so, the way it's supposed to happen too. Yeah. You know, you can't rush something like that. We understand it seems on the physical side, we understand these things, but then when it comes to, you know, emotional, spiritual, it's harder. I think we get frustrated on the physical side too. That's true. You know, that's true. <laughs> when I tore my ACL, they didn't, they didn't really tell me that it would be at least a year, you know, Ugh. before I would feel like it was normal again. Um, but that's the way it is. And yeah, yeah, spiritually it's like that too. And the best thing is just to accept that that's, Accept the reality of what's happening, which is that it takes time. Yeah, take care of yourself. You know, you don't want to have the reoccurrent one, right? That's right. right <laughs> you gotta right. take care of yourself. So, why do you think Father Hamp's book, Healing Your Family Tree, is so important? Do you recommend it for just regular folks like me? <laughs> I do recommend it. I have it right over there. And <laughs> I will say this I'll tell you a little secret. As I. I want to write a new book on healing of family tree. Oh, wow. So his book is good. It's very scriptural. Um, it's also not for the faint of heart. So oh. it's very boring in a sense. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, you have to persevere through a lot of, okay. he repeats himself a lot. He, he, he does it more in the form of questions that people asked him. And there's a lot of repeats. Um, so I'd like to, to do a new book in the future. At the same time, there's tons of stuff in there that's really, really good. And it's he's solid. Father Hampshire was a very smart man and um, very interesting guy, very, very holy guy. So very holy priest. Maybe in a couple of years we'll be sitting here talking about <laughs> your book. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Well, uh, the next section here, uh, we talk about healing through the mass with Father Robert de Grandis. And he talks about 
the 12 steps you can take to heal after you've had an abortion. So what's your experience with this kind of healing? There is, um, you know, no matter what healing you need, um, generally there's some approaches to, to, so you can receive the healing you need. And when it comes to abortion, um, that's a very deep and, you know, personal need to heal. And it turns out there's a number of things you can do. And Father Hampsch, um, Father DeGrandis mm-hmm. lists 12 things. And I use a lot of that. I have used a lot of that um, when I help people with healing from abortion. And, you know, I think he's very wise and probably speaking from experience um, when it comes to that. You know, some of the basic things are um, to to name your child, your your child is alive and in heaven and wants to be named by you. Um, to um, ask your child for forgiveness, um, to forgive yourself, to ask God for forgiveness, um, to forgive the doctor or nurse or anybody that was involved in the abortion. Um, all of those things are important and different steps you can take. And um, and it, it'll lead to to greater healing. And so um, it is painful, you know, to heal from abortion. Um, but thankfully, there's some really good steps you can take. And I think he does a good job of describing those. Yeah, it's a great resource. Well, you mentioned that the Mass is the best way to seek generational healing. So what do you mean by that? How can the Mass help with that? Well, the Mass is, you know, the perfect prayer, we say. Um, holy sacrifice of the Mass, um, through the Mass, through the Eucharist, through our, the readings, the petitions, Eucharistic prayer, um, we we enter into this mystery of, of, um, of who God is and who Jesus is. And a lot of wonderful things can happen through the Mass. And it's also the most powerful intercessory prayer um, priests have an intention, you know, for each mass. Um, a lot of good things happen just through that intention. But you can have a, a personal intention. You can offer the mass for something yourself, something or someone. And you know, the, what we found is that the best way to seek generational healing is through the mass. Um, to unite your family with Jesus. And the sacrifice of the Mass to unite them to the body and blood of Jesus and to offer them to God and to trust, you know, in God's mercy and forgiveness and healing and blessing. And all of that can happen um, through the Mass. Uh, we didn't talk about it in the book. It is in the back of the book. Um, there's a generational healing prayer that you could actually incorporate into a mass. Um, I've done that with small groups. Well, and you do mention that you actually have done healing masses, like specifically for healing and specifically for generational healing, right? I have. I've have, I've done them at the Chapel of the Holy Cross, too, yeah. if you remember. Uh-huh. And <laughs> uh, we will continue to do them at the Chapel of the Holy Cross and hope to do them here at St. John Vianney as well. Um, and I, I think... Yeah, I, I believe in it. A lot of good can come from that. 
Yeah, every first Friday at the Chapel Holy That's Cross, right. we do a special healing mass. We do, and, three and, and we will continue to offer some of them, you know, specifically for generational healing. Great. Um, well, at the end, you actually seem, at the end of the section, you seem cautiously advocating for more healing ministry. Why, why cautiously? Can you say more about that? Well, I, I want to just acknowledge that a lot of times when we're in a need for healing, we're in a, a vulnerable spot. And so finding someone that's experienced in healing ministry, um, finding someone that you trust, hopefully a Catholic counselor, um, both of those can be really important. And um, it's a delicate thing. You know, it's a delicate thing to help people after someone's committed suicide, after someone's come forward and wants healing after abuse or um, comes forward after they've, um, you know, done something, committed major sins in their life, and now they want healing. So um, a lot of times with healing ministry, too, you're, you're doing the best you can, but it's sometimes it's it's not always easy to yeah. to understand how to help someone. Um, but I do believe in healing ministry, and I do believe it can do a lot of good. I think you just want to, you know, as um, as St. Paul says, basically you test everything and hmm. keep what is good. Um, you want to discern and be careful with who you seek healing from and you know how you, you want to make sure it's people that have been trained well and that have um have a lot of experience and um generally it's it's always a blessing if they're working with a priest too there's a lot yeah. of good in that um and so i just want to acknowledge that that's that's important too yeah, I, I don't think it's something to take lightly, you know, and there's so many layers to it, like we talked about, that you want to, you know, make sure that you're discerning exactly what you need and going to somebody that can help you do that. So. Right. And and finding someone that's that's balanced, you know, someone that will encourage you to see a doctor if that's what you need. If that's what you need, yeah. You know, encourage you to see a counselor if that's what they think you need. And not just spiritualize everything, because the spiritual is part of part of it. You know, some of our brokenness comes from the spiritual dimension, but but not all of it. We are body and soul, so <laughs> we are. Yep. Yeah, okay. Well, so. thank you so much, Father Ignatius. This is the end of chapter four, so yeah, we start we, chapter five next time. Finish chapter four. Okay. <laughs> all right. One more chapter in. We'll close with a prayer. Okay, great. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, God holy, holy mighty one, holy, holy immortal one, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Let us pray. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless, in the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, 
Look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us that in difficult moments we might not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you.